I just felt like I, I had a whole message for today, but I felt like last week that I really literally ran through the, the message to, to get it in, and so I wanted to go back. I don't do this very often, hardly ever, but I wanted to go back and really nail some of the points that I, I could teach on healing for six months. I really, this is one of my favorite subjects. I love it, and I'm learning constantly. I'm constantly learning. We should all be constantly learning, amen? amen. But, uh, but it truly is. My, I said this last week. My goal is that it will be difficult for people to stay sick that come to this church. You could be a little bit more excited. Let me, let's just start over. My goal is that it's going to be difficult for people to stay sick that come to this church. That just makes me feel good. It just makes me feel good when you do it. See? So the next time you know how to respond, all right, the first, the first time. Anyway, I want to talk about the myths a little bit more. And because it was a big deal to me for years of my life, uh, the myths that I thought about healing. And uh, so I want to make sure that you guys uh, go through this a lot quicker than I did. And the first myth was that um, it's just really hard to receive healing from God. It's just hard. That's my, I thought that. I knew back in the mid-80s, well, actually, probably, yeah, about the mid-80s, I started learning about how God wanted me well that he paid the price for me to be healed. And, and so since the 80s, I've been hearing messages about healing. And, uh, but for decades, for a long time, uh, this was a stumbling block to me. I just thought, man, it's just difficult to receive healing. It's hard. It just seems hard. And somebody says, so what's hard about it? And I would go, it's just hard. <laughs> and, uh, and that was because that was my testimony. You realize sometimes that we believe something just because that's been our testimony, even though it's not the truth. Amen. You can believe something based upon how you're living life, but it's really not a truth. And so the Lord just finally got my attention. I finally got open. You know you have to be open to something to hear God. I'm going to say it again. You have to be open to something to hear from God. And so one time the Lord just told me and said, why do you think it's so hard? And I just said, because it is. And he said, you're thinking wrong. It's not hard. It's no harder than getting saved. And I just thought, well, to get saved, all you have to do is believe. And he said, what do you have to do to get healed? So sometimes it's just better to, to shut up and, and not let everybody know that you're not smart, you know. If you're quiet, nobody... Nobody knows that, so I know God knows that, but it made me feel better. But anyway, I, so I said, I get it. And so I started saying, this was just within the last year. I started saying, healing's easy. Do you think it's easy to get saved? So I just started saying, it's easy to be uh, healed. And the Lord just says, it's the mindset. It's the mindset of the church. It's been the mindset of you, Mike that it's been difficult or it's been hard. He says, it's not even the devil that's keeping healing away from you. He says, it's your brain, your mind, your thinking, the wrong part of your thinking. So everybody say, it's easy. It's easy. It's easy. You know, and I thought about this, you know, Roger Bannister back in 1954, he broke the four-minute mile. Before that, for decades, they said, it's 
impossible for a human being to break the four-minute mile. It's impossible. So everybody agreed. That's right. It's impossible. And then Roger Bannister, he did not believe that. And so he changed his way of thinking, his mindset. He had a paradigm shift in that. He says the four-minute mile can be broken, and he broke it. Three minutes, 59 seconds, he broke the four-minute mile in 1954. And after that, depends on what Google search you do, but it, it, 14 to 1,600 people since then have, have broken the four-minute mile, and it's an average of tw- The reason it's hard to keep track because they said it's an average of 20 people a month that are breaking the four-minute mile every month, every month. What happened? People started thinking, I can do this. It can be done. If you think it's difficult to be healed, to walk in healing, if you think it's hard, it's going to be hard. But man, when you break through that barrier to say, it's easy. Once you get broken through that, you start changing the way that you think. Now listen, for decades, people think wrong about healing. There's some people still think that, you know, it's not even the will of God to be healed. Some people think it's, well, you know what? We live in this body, and so it's just a way of life. Everybody gets sick. You're supposed to get sick. Really? Really? But if you think that, I can almost guarantee you, you're going to get sick. You know, the flu's coming around. I always get the flu. Oh, it's cold season. I always catch colds. It's like you try, and you're like, oh, I, I didn't get the cold, cold this week. Ah, but wait till Monday morning. Your, your expectation is to get it, and your expectation is going to be fulfilled. I just know that the first thing that Jesus did in Mark chapter 1, when his ministry started, he said this to the people. This is the Phillips translation, Mark chapter 1, verse 14 and 15. The Phillips translation says, it was after John's arrest that Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God saying the time has come at last the kingdom of God has arrived you must change your hearts and minds and believe the good news before he said anything he says this is the time that you got to change your your mind you got to change the way you think there has to be a paradigm shift in the way that mankind thinks It's still true today that there has to be a paradigm shift in the way that we think. We have to think differently. And in the King James Version, if you look that up, you can look that up in the King James Version, and it says, repent. The kingdom of God has come, and so you you need to repent. So I was taught, and most of you may have thought this, that the word repent means that you ask, there it is, uh, that God is at hand, repent and believe the gospel. Repent and believe the gospel. Most people believe that that means you need to ask for forgiveness how many were taught that 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 you you need to ask for forgiveness you know i was taught that and so you just need to make sure that you ask god tell him you're sorry forgive me father until a few it's been a while i forgot how long ago i studied the word repent it doesn't mean that it does not mean to ask god to forgive you there's some religious people maybe watching, probably nobody here, but it's just, this is going to turn your world upside down today. You're going to go, what? Here we go. It's 
going to turn you upside down, and you're going to be good. You know, it's going to be good. Sometimes you need to be turned upside down and all the bad stuff shaken out. We're the church to do that for you. We take great joy in doing that. But that word repent, you can look, and this is not my opinion, if you've got a strong concordance, you look it up, it's number 3340. 3340. It means to change one's mind to think differently. To change one's mind to think differently. So every time you see the word repent in the New Testament, and it's usually after, you know, somebody does sin. That's why people thought that you're supposed to ask for forgiveness because generally that word repent is around something about sin. But you know why it's around that? It's when somebody sins. If you're a believer and you sin, that's the exact time you need to change the way that you've been thinking. For example, if, you know, if somebody did something really, really wrong, really, really bad, that's the time you say, this is not you. You're thinking wrong. This is not you. Well, what do you mean it's not me? Because if you knew who you were and you thought differently, you would not have made that choice or that sin. Does that make sense? So in other words, you know, the caterpillar that turns into the butterfly, it's a whole new creature. But let's just say, for illustrative purpose, that that butterfly had the same mind and brain as it had when it was a caterpillar. When it just fluttered away, it would float back, right back, and it'd start acting like a caterpillar. Start eating what a caterpillar eats. Starts acting like a cater what a caterpillar acts like. And all the other butterflies would fly by and go, what are you doing? Oh, I'm just hanging out with my buds. Just, just eating what they're eating and doing what they're doing. Just, and they're going to say, that's not you. That is not you. What are you doing? You need to have a paradigm shift in your thinking. You need to think differently because that's not you. That's why the word repent is after or around any time about talking about sin or talking about making wrong choices. It's causing us to say, you need to quit thinking like that and think differently because that's not you. Man, that, that just sets me free. You got to have a different mentality. So Jesus knew that. So he says, this is, a, I'm going to preach the gospel to you, but you got to repent. And so what he's saying is, I'm going to preach the gospel to you, and now you got to think differently. you got to change the way you've been thinking. It's the same today. Because listen, if we focus on, we just need to keep asking God to forgive us. We need to say, I'm sorry, God, I'm sorry. We need to keep doing that. You don't really change. You're not changing. So the devil just loves it when Christians just keep focusing on forgiving. Oh, forgive me, God. I'm not saying you, you don't do that, but I'm just saying if that's your focus, it's not going to help you. It's safer back here. But it, it's not going to help you. But what is going to help you is to do what Jesus said. And he said, you need to change the way that you're thinking. You need to repent oh that's so good that is so good it's really good because it's the gospel so anyway i want us to repent when it comes 
to saying and thinking that healing is hard. It's hard to, to get healed. It's hard to, to receive healing. It's hard to, to never get sick. Never, oh, that's so hard. It's really hard. Or you can say, you know, it's just really hard. It's really hard. I'm trying, Pastor, but it's really hard. No. Don't go there. Mark chapter 2. I'm going to show you what Jesus says about being hard. Mark chapter 2, 4 through 12. When they could not come. Let me give you a background. There was a guy who was paralyzed. Totally paralyzed. He had four crazy friends. These four crazy friends said, John, we're going to take you to Jesus. He was in a bed. They took the whole bed. And these four guys, you know, took him to where Jesus was. And when they got to the house where Jesus was teaching, the house was full. They couldn't get in there. Most Christians would have said this, must not be the will of God. (laughs) Am I saying truth now? If it was God, we'd be able to get in there. So it must not be the will. John, we're sorry. It just must not be the will of God for you. You're going to be paralyzed to that day you die. They didn't do that. They just said, John, we're going to strap you in this bed. Are you ready? We're getting you in there. We're going to go up on the roof. And we are going to put a hole in the house. Here we go. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof. That's a polite way of saying they put a hole in the roof. And we're not talking a six by six inch hole. We're talking enough to get a bed. A guy laying on the bed hole. That kind of hole. I don't care if he was skinny as me. But, I mean, it was a big hole. You all should not be laughing at that. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven you. And some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoned in their hearts, Why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Verse 8. But immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned thus within themselves, he said to them, why do you reason among these things in your hearts? Listen to verse 9 now. This is it. Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, arise, take your bed and walk. But you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, arise, take up your bed and go to your house. Immediately he arose and took up his bed and went out in the presence of them all so that all were amazed and glorified God saying, we've never seen anything like this. This is my point. Jesus said, I got a question for you. And he's still asking this question to you and me today. Which is easier to say your sins are forgiven or to say you're healed? He's still asking you and me that question today but the problem is we are responding oh it's much easier to forgive sins because man it is really hard it is really hard to get the healing part and so guess what happens it's really hard to get the healing part and it's not because of God because he's already provided for it and it's not because of the devil He's getting credit for this, and he's going, I didn't do nothing. I did not do nothing. I mean, it's just because that's just what they believe. It's what we believe. And if we believe, it's hard. 
because the word healing, I mean, I'm sorry, the word salvation, it encompasses healing. Did you know that? You can study the word salvation. In Hebrew, it's shalom. It's the same word as shalom. It means uh, safety. It does mean healing. It just basically means this, nothing broken, nothing missing in your life. That's the word salvation. And so healing and salvation and forgiveness of sins are synonymous. They're the same thing. So this is why Jesus is saying, which is easier. Your sins be forgiven or rise up from your sickness. Your sins be forgiven or your blood pressure is normal. Your sins are forgiven or all of your organs function right. Your pancreas is, is totally healed and, and causes the right insulation. Insulation. <laughs> it can provide insulation as well. Something medical in there somewhere, I know. But anyway. That's my wife laughing out loud. But anyway. Insulin. It provides. I know what it provides. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm not in medical school, but I know it's supposed to do something right. Laughter doeth good like a medicine. Everybody take some right now. Help me, Jesus. Which is easier to say, your sins will be forgiven, or you're free from depression? But pastor, I've been having this for 20 years. How many years were you lost? Was it difficult for God to get you saved? Somebody on their deathbed at 80 years, you know, they've lived for the devil for 80 and lived for their own life for 80 years and on their deathbed God says whoo and I don't know I can do this you've been you've been lost as a goose for 80 years and I mean I don't no it's just as easy it's just it doesn't matter how long you've had the sickness although I probably will teach here if I have time not today but uh this is what when when there there was uh, a boy that was sick and he asked Jesus asked the father how long has he been like this you know why he asked him that because of the mentality. When you have a sickness or illness for a really, really long time, it causes you to be sick in your mind about that sickness. So you have to get free in your mind before you get free in your body. Okay. Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven or God has blessed you and all of your needs are met? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven or your marriage is restored and happy on earth. Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or I believe all of my dreams are coming true. We could just keep going on. You can fill in the blank. This is a fill in the blank gospel. You're looking at me like, I don't know. Romans 8:32. This is not my opinion. Some people think, well, that's your opinion. No, this is the word. He who did not spare his own sons, talking about your heavenly father, did not spare Jesus, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us some things? Oh, man, all things. Ephesians 1, 3, 2 Peter 1, 3, both of those says, how that God has given us all things that pertain to, 
to life and to godliness. Has, past tense. He's given us everything that we need. Everything that you will need on this planet is already been provided for. Not going to be, but has, past tense, been provided for you. So which is easier? If it's already been provided, if it's already been paid for, are you telling me it's difficult? Hmm. If your mind thinks that way, it would. But boy, it's just time. It is time for the church to start thinking differently. To start thinking instead of, oh, yes, we know, Pastor Mike. Yes, amen, hallelujah. God wants you well. But then every year, you just live sicker than a dog and just think, well, this is just, this is just life. You're, this is just the way it is, Mike. Just, you just need to wise up. No. No. Do not base the truth of the gospel upon your experience. We need to get a hold of the word of God, find out what his will is, find out what's been paid for, and believe and expect that to happen instead of what's been going on. Are you hearing me? Everybody say it's easy. It's easy. It's easy to get healed. It's easy. I believe that it's the will of God that you never get sick. You go, okay, now you now you really done it. You have really done you are crazy. You just no never. Yeah. Let me ask you this. You think Jesus ever had a cold? No. You ever think, Peter, James, Sean, y'all take the meeting tonight. I, I, I feel the flu coming on, man. I mean, I, I think it's the chicken flu. We had bad chicken the other day. It's the chicken flu. People laugh at that, but you say, yeah, but, but this is why. That was Jesus. That was Jesus. That's why he, he never got sick. Jesus had to rely and depend upon his father because in Philippians it says he emptied himself. He emptied himself and became a man. He got tired just like a man does. He got hungry just like a man does. He had to go to the bathroom. You go, okay, stop right there. But he did. But he never was sick a day in his life. Not one day did he have a cold or flu or any sickness. The Bible says that Jesus showed us the Father and the will of the Father. He showed us that. So evidently, it's the will of the Father that we never be sick a day in our life. Amen. I don't know about you, but I would rather shoot for the stars and end up in outer space than shoot my foot and hit it every time. And the church has been shooting its foot every time. Well, you know, it's flu season, so just buckle up. You know, let's just go get, you know, NyQuil and all that stuff, you know, and just, 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 just start, t- just get ready. Get ready, get ready, get ready. We're going to take this stuff because we're going to get it. And you won't be disappointed. You'll get it. I'm going to say this because some of you, I remember I was preaching on healing and a son. After the message, I went home. I got sicker than a dog that night. In, case, in Kentucky, that means you were really bad sick because you didn't know what that means. That means you are just really bad. And, uh, and I felt condemned and guilty. 
Lord. I mean, I'm preaching healing, and here I am, and snots are running, my stomach's blowing, and it's just bad. I'm just so bad. I'm a terrible preacher. It's just bad, Lord. I mean, I just, I should, uh, I shouldn't even preach healing. I shouldn't. I got about the same response from heaven as I'm getting from you. (laughs) The Lord says, Mike, you know, you need to quit feeling sorry for yourself. You need to quit the guilt, quit the condemnation. Do you think I'm looking down upon you the way that you're talking about yourself? I will always, and let me just say this. When your kid gets sick, do you just look at him and go, hey, just suck it up, come on. Quit throwing up. Stop it. Be a man. I don't care if you're three. And you better quit messing in your diaper while you're at it too. All of that, that's not, that's not manly. No father, no father should talk like that. But you have sympathy. You take care of them. I mean, you, if they, if, if, if you're, if you, I know you pray for them many times. We pray for our kids and they've gotten they got healed, man. That, thank the Lord. But you know what? We don't, if they don't, we don't just say, oh, well. No, we take them to the doctor. We do. We believe in doctors. Doctors and Jesus are on the same side. They want you well, just like God does. So my point is this, you know, we, we do everything, but yet when it comes to our father, we think he may think bad of us if we believe in healing, but we're not receiving He's still going to encourage. He encourages me every time. He encourages me every time. Man, the symptoms are coming upon me. Man, that's why I go to God and I start talking to him because, man, he'll, he'll encourage me. He blesses me. He says, I have taken care of this for you, Mike. I defeated this for you, Mike. You don't have to defeat this. I defeated it for you. You just believe me. You hook up with me. You're a victor, Mike. You're not a sick person. You are the healed of the Lord. Man, I tell you what, God, God will talk to you. If you believe that it's his will, if you believe it's easy to be healed, it's easy. So you need to start believing like that. Change the way, listen, most of us for decades have thought wrong. That it's, oh, healing is a pie in the sky. Or like when we all get to heaven, when we get to heaven, we'll walk in healing. There's no sickness in heaven. You don't need to walk in healing there's no germs there. There's no sickness. You don't, it's, that's not the time to believe for healing. You don't have to believe for healing. There's no sickness here. The Bible says nobody's going to be sick. There's no, no sniffles, no running out, no snot blowing anywhere. It's, we're all well. So where do you need it? Right here. And he has provided it for you. Isaiah 53, 1 Peter 2, 24, by his stripes you were healed. But like in James, man, you got to resist the devil because the devil does not want you and I to know, first of all, that it's the will of God for you to be well. And then number two, well, it is the will of God, but, you know, sometimes you just get sick because that's just the way life is. Or then number three is, well, it's really hard and difficult to get healing because, you know, that's, that's for the real spiritual people. You have to be spiritual. Did you get that, Southern? I mean, you got to be real spiritual to walk in healing. And the Lord says, Jesus is living on the inside of you. How spiritual do you need to get, Mike? You can't get more spiritual than Jesus, just so. And plus, Jesus never did turn to somebody and says, you need to be more spiritual. 
That's not in the Bible. <laughs> okay, I'm just meddling. But anyway, I just know this. Just like salvation, I didn't have to do anything. I didn't have to clean myself up. I didn't even have to stop doing anything that I was doing wrong. I know some Christians are people that are lost and they want to give their life to Jesus and they say, well, man, I'm drinking or I'm doing drugs or I'm doing this and that. And I just, I, I don't know if I can give all that up or whatever. You don't go, oh, well, sorry. God's not doing that. God's not doing that. He says, oh, you, it's okay, come. Just believe upon me. You don't have to quit nothing. You all don't believe that. I don't think. <laughs> I have such a good time preaching. <laughs> I enjoy hearing myself preach. You don't have to quit anything to get saved. Amen. I'm going to say it just like it, it God meant it. Come as you are, and I will change you into another man, create something that's never been existed before, and cause you and make you the righteousness of God. You come as a sinner in all of your filth and all of your messed up things and you come to me and I'm the one who does all the work. And then you are saved. He says it's the same way when it comes to healing. You come to me and you're a sick, sassy self and I have done all of the work for you to believe so you can walk in healing. It's the same as being saved. It's the same. You can take it a step further. It's the same in having all of your needs met and living in the abundance of God. It's the same in Galatians 5, 20, uh, chapter 5, verse 20, where it talks about you, I have peace for you. I have joy for you. I have patience for you. I have all the things that you need. Self-control, it's in there. And where is it at? It's in all of it. It's in here. But the church is being just crying, we just need God. I need more power. If you will just send the power. Just send the power, God. Just send, I just need more power from heaven. It ain't up there. Christians have been spitting snot for a long time, and those prayers are just spitting in the wind. There ain't nothing happening. God ain't doing nothing with that prayer. Ephesians 3.20 says that God's doing exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or think according to the power that is in you. But if you are thinking wrong, I just need more power. God, just send the, send the rain. Send the rain. Send the rain. It ain't going to rain. It already rained. 2,000 years ago, it rained. It flooded. It ain't going to rain no more. And he put all the rain inside of you and me. Christ in you, the hope of glory. First John 4, 17 says, as he is, so are you. He should, you and Jesus are one. 1 Corinthians 6, 17, he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. You can throw that back up there, 1 John 4, 17, so people don't think I'm just whatever they're thinking. Love has been perfected among us that we may boldness in the day. As he is, so are we when we get to heaven. When we get to heaven. No, it says, as he is, so are we in Pueblo. Colorado. If you believe Pueblo's in the world, then you, 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 you're just like Jesus. You and Jesus are one. <laughs> Jesus told this to his disciples. They said, show us the Father. Jesus looked at them and said, 
Listen, boys, if you've seen me, you have seen the Father. And they went, wow. Now I'm going to really rock your Thanksgiving world. You may just want to hold on to your seat because if we don't have those defibrillators, defibrillators, is that what you call We may need to get a set for those people who are just like, what did he say? Clear it. Some of you look like you could use a set anyway. But anyway, uh, (laughs) Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If you're a born-again believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, if you could say, if you've seen me, you've seen Jesus. You say, I don't know about that. All these scriptures we just read, 1 John 4, 17, as he is, so are we. 1 Corinthians 6, 17, is that where it's at? He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. I, there's not Mike inhabits this side, and there it is. But he that is joined to the Lord is, how many spirits? He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. One spirit with who? Who's him? That's Jesus. That's not my opinion. We just got to change the way that we think. We got to change. There has to be a major paradigm shift in our thinking to say, what? You mean Jesus and me are one the same? You're the same. You are the same. Let me tell you another way. You are the same. (laughs) He that is joined to the Lord, I believe it's Colossians 123, 127 around there. It says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. The hope of glory. Christ is in you. So if you truly believe that Jesus is the King of kings, is the Lord of lords, that Jesus was never sick. There it is. uh, Which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. 27, 127. So if you truly start thinking that way, and getting your brain, wrapping your hands around this, I guarantee you, you're going to have more victory in your life than you've ever had. Religion can't produce victory for you. But Jesus has already gotten you and me the victory that we are trying to attain. We're trying, you know, if you're always trying to get it, it, the devil will make sure it's just almost there. You're getting closer today than you were yesterday, but it's still out of your reach. Healing is just out of your reach. Having a good marriage is just out of your reach. Having all of your needs met and, oh man, abundance, you're still far from that. And so that's the way we think. All along God says, I've provided all things that pertain to life and to godliness. I've already given it. I've already provided for it. So now you start thinking that way. While you're sick, while you're hugging the toilet, throwing up, you believe I'm the healed of the Lord. We're waiting for a response, for our body to respond, and then we're going to get all happy about it. Well, the world does that. Are you hearing me? The world just gets happy after they, after they get all the junk out of their gut and they threw up and they feel better. They go, oh, I'm happy now. But that's the way the world is. It's time for you and I to get happy in the midst of it. Amen. That's when I talk to my body. 
And here lately, I've been having to talk to it a lot. You just talk to it. You go, what are you doing, knee? Knee, you're, you're part of the body or the temple of God. The Bible says your body is a temple. Did you know that? It's a temple where God lives. See, just that right there just makes you go, what? Yeah, God lives in this temple, this body. God's inside of it. And I don't know about you, but I think God wants his house working right. You know, when you get it in the house, you know, it's a bum. You know, if the, if the windows don't go up, click on the furnace and it doesn't work. Turn the air conditioner on in the summertime and it doesn't work. Turn the stove on, it don't. Oh, bum. Well, it's okay. No, nobody's going to think it's okay. Are you hearing me? It's not okay if the heat's not working today, especially. If the heat's not working, you're not going to go, well, you know, these things happen. <laughs> No, nobody's going to go, we're getting this. No, we've got to take care of this. This has got to work. I don't know about you, but all of my organs, they got to work right. My knees, I, I mean, I know Sean, he, he replaced his knees. And there was a time where I thought, man, I'm going to have to get my knees replaced. I'm going to get them titanium things, you know. That, I mean, is that what they make them out of? No? Anyway, strong. I thought, I want them things because I want my knees to last forever. And I thought, well, you know, because I played sports and I ran a lot and I got hit a lot and just beat up a lot. You know, I mean, I was little when I was little. But anyway, I'm not the, I'm massive compared to what I used to be. Anyway, everybody else can laugh, not you. You know, when you're laughing, when your wife's the biggest... Laughter, that's not good when you're talking about your physique. Where was I going? Oh, my knees. And I just thought I did all this, you know, so it's just natural. Just everybody has to, you know, get new knees or whatever. And the Lord says, really? That's what you want. You can have titanium or whatever you want, you know, Iron Man knees, whatever they provide, you can have them. And then he says, but you don't have to. So he says, I've given you power to speak to that knee, and it can obey you. So I started speaking to my knees. Knees, you're part of the body of Christ. God is dwelling inside you, knee, so you function right. You function right. I started speaking to my knees. I've spoken to almost every part of my body in, in the last six months. You just speak to it. Make it, you, no, you're not going to be working right. You are working right right now. You understand? I mean, if you had the power to speak to your furnace, you wouldn't say, well, you start working in June. No, you need a furnace today. Listen to me. I'm telling you these things, but I have better success. Am I batting a thousand? No, I'm not. But I have better success today than I've ever had in my whole entire life. Why? Because I've changed this thing up here. It's not because I believe there's more power up in heaven and that God is answering my prayers. No. And it's not because I think, well, the devil, he's just not as powerful as he was. You know, he's getting old and he's not as powerful as he is. No. The devil doesn't have anything. Listen to me. You want a, you want a great one-liner? The devil has nothing to do with your sickness and disease. Why? He was defeated 2,000 years ago. But if you believe he's still has power <laughs> this is so good I'm just setting us all free today 
The devil has no power to cause you to get sick. He has nothing over you. He is a defeated foe. Now, thanks be to God who always causes us to triumph. 2 Corinthians 2.14 says, we're more than a conqueror. We are triumphing. But if you believe that the devil is just real close to God and his power and his ability, he's so far beneath you and me. I said, he's so far beneath you and me. And you think he has the ability to cause you to to die or to get cancer or anything? No, you have the ability and the power within you to resist any symptom of sickness and disease. You have the power to walk in health and strength, not because of your spirituality, but because of the goodness of Almighty God that's inside of you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. I don't have to, oh, if I can just get my faith up, I can just get my faith up. That's going to be next week. I'll give you a prelude. Honey, you've got all the faith you need to slap the snot out of any sickness and disease out of you. You've already got faith. We've got to just get more faith. It's the same scenario. we just got to get more power. we just got to get more faith. It's always got to get something. And God says, if you stay on that treadmill, you know what? That, when the scenery doesn't change, that means you're on a treadmill. The church has been on a treadmill. I'm just believing God's going to do something. I believe it. I believe one day I'm going to be blessed. I believe one day I'm going to get healed. If nothing's changing, you're on a treadmill of life. It's time you get off that. And when you start going forward, things change. Wow. There are trees. There are streams. There's birds. You just see things differently. When we start thinking different, Listen to me. This is, and it's going to take some time. But I tell you what, I'd rather start today instead of waiting for 10 years from now. Let's start thinking today. It's easy for me to walk in health. It's the will of God that I never get sick. I'm never going to get sick. I believe I'm never going to get sick. I'm going to believe that. You say, well, what if I get a cold? Do you say, oh, this is what most Christians say. Doesn't work. Just doesn't. I tried that stuff, but it just doesn't work. That's what I hear people say. I tell you what, even when I didn't understand everything about healing, Dad said this. I had a conversation. He says, you know, he has friends that don't believe in healing. And he says, man, they they have a lot more stuff going wrong with them than he does. He says, I've had some some issues to deal with, but I know one thing. God, because of the way I believe, has helped me through them and gotten over them much quicker than if I didn't believe. That right there is worth it all. I mean, just being practical. If you get the flu, I mean, would you want it seven days or one day or two days? <sighs> They're saying my time's up. But my point is this. That's where I started off. I would get over a sickness quicker than what I was just because I believe in healing. Now I believe something totally different. I believe I don't have to be sick one day. I'd rather, man, I'd just rather believe this and, and have more victory I mean, be like a Roger Bannister. The four-minute mile is possible. The four-minute mile is possible. Be like Roger Bannister and say, it is possible for me to never get sick a day in my life. It's possible for me to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. It's possible for me to all the days of my life to be walking in joy and peace and health every day of my life because of him. I don't have to attain it. Don't have to work for it. Don't have to perform for it. Don't have to make sure I never sin because most people think if I never sin, I can do that. Well, honey, nobody's going to do it. But because of what Jesus, he did this for you, just like salvation, he did it for you. But you and I have to believe. 
We have to change the way that we think. Amen? Let's stand. I didn't get to the message today. It was about Thanksgiving is a means by which you can release your faith. That'll be for next week. But listen to me. I know some of you thinking, well, if I could just, I feel like if I could act right and do right, that healing would be available to me. And so you, we, we teach that you need to quit this and you quit that and quit this. And if you quit this, you know, and finally it, it dawned on me that behavior modification sets no one free. I don't think you heard that. Behavior modification, you know what that is? You need to stop this and quit this and do this and do that and don't do that, do that. That's behavior modification. Behavior modification never set anybody free. That's not the way that God wants you to be set free. Because guess why? Because on your weekday or your day that you're not so strong, you, you, you won't be able to modify your behavior. But if you understand who you are and your life has been transformed, like the caterpillar to the butterfly, then you know, I don't have to do this. I'm transformed. This is why it says repent. Change the way that you think. Change the way that you think. You can do that, right? It's a big thing. It's a big thing to say, wow, it's easy to be healed. It is so easy to walk in health and healing. Man, it's easy. Let that come out of your mouth and your brain in the back of you go, what are you saying? Just start saying spitting the devil's eye, man. I mean, just saying, you know, he's been telling you and me for decades. It's, man, it's so hard to get healed. I mean, it's just really hard. I mean, I know it's in the Bible. It's in there, but it's, it's in there. I need it in here. That's where it's at. Let me pray for you.